Welcome to the Find Your Awesome Podcast. My name is Kelsey Abbott. I'm a confidence coach and instigator of joy. I believe that we are all so much more powerful than we can possibly understand. My goal with these conversations is to introduce you to brave, vulnerable people who are finding and owning their awesome. My guests are leaning into what makes them unique and sharing that uniqueness with the world. I hope these conversations inspire you to break free from whatever is holding you back and to step into your own greatness. Welcome to the Find Your Awesome Podcast. My guest today is Frank Macri. He's a leadership development trainer and business coach. Over his career, he's spoken internationally and mentored over 1,000 highly successful leaders, including a three-time Emmy Award winner. He's also shared the stage with an award-winning Hollywood actress. Frank has partnered with one of the world's most prestigious coaching institutes, where he trained hundreds of coaches on becoming influential leaders in their businesses and communities. Frank is also the president and founder of Namaste, an organization that brings together thousands of mindful LGBTQ people looking to connect to themselves and others on a deeper level. Namaste also supports purpose-driven LGBTQ leaders looking to start careers as public speakers. Every year, Namaste hosts an annual summit, bringing together people wanting to find their voice and thrive in their spirituality, relationships, and careers. Welcome, Frank. Namaste. Thank you so much, Kelsey. So what an honor it is to be on this episode. Thank you. Thanks for coming. So you just came back from the first annual Namaste Summit, right? Yes. So I have like this high adrenaline right now. I have, I'm still like eyes puffy from just all the tears and breakthroughs. <laughs> I feel like I just finished a, a tour, like a, a rock star, and I'm just hopping right into <laughs> an interview right now, which is awesome. So we just finished our first ever Namaste Summit. It was a three-day live event in Seattle, Washington, and we had uh, lots of really purpose-driven, mindful LGBTQ plus people fly in from around the country. Some came from Canada to be a part of this weekend where we not only explored uh, spirituality, we also explored ways to grow as leaders and connect in more meaningful ways. Uh, it was, even though I've done so many live events, it was probably the most magical and special uh, because it was for the LGBT community and a lot of people came just skeptical, not really sure what to expect or what would happen with it being the first one. And with Namaste being a fairly new community because we started about seven or eight months ago. And by the end of it, people felt like family. They felt like they had found a home, a tribe, and it was so beautiful to just witness the transformation that happened over the weekend. Uh, so it's just kind of, this is the first inter interview I'm doing post Namaste Summit. And uh, just, yeah, what, a, what an awesome feeling. I'm so excited for you. So I remember, um, I think just lurking in the, Frank and I both went to the same coaching school and lurking in the community and seeing that you were contemplating creating something called Namaste and then seeing that you were creating it. And I just love that you've made this happen. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much for saying that. Yeah, it was kind of this idea that... <clears throat> just came up over time and I, you know, as a, as a gay man myself, I, I struggled a lot with spirituality and even though, you know, now today I, I feel like I'm living my path and living my truth and I get paid to do what I feel my life's mission is, which is 
just speak and do leadership training and coaching, I struggled a lot with that as a gay man growing up. And I had tremendous shame. I had tremendous shame around who I was as a gay person and as a person that just felt like their voice sounded feminine, gay, weak. And I judged all those things as being bad things about me. And I spent years and years and years living in that shame and hiding who I was, not revealing who I was because I was so afraid that other people were going to judge me. I also grew up as a Boy Scout. And I remember doing a Google search on uh, online one day, typing in, can a Boy Scout be gay? And I found all these articles that were sharing all these stories about Scouts that could actually be removed and have been removed from their troop because they were gay and they were outed to their whole community. And, and I just thought that's the last thing I would ever want to happen for me. So I responded by hiding and staying invisible, keeping myself silent. Uh, and I was also raised Catholic. And when I went to the church with my family every weekend, I thought in the back of my mind, is it really okay for me to be myself here? Is it truly okay for me to share my voice here? So again, I responded by keeping myself silent. And that translated into school. I, was, I would go through some days at school where I wouldn't even talk to anybody. I'd just sit in the classroom, keep my, keep my hand down, do what I was told to do by my teachers, and go back home feeling like I didn't matter at all. And I, I spent so much of my teenage years fighting to just prove myself through my grades, through my achievements, but deep down I felt like I still didn't matter. I felt like I didn't matter enough to be loved or to be happy. And, and I felt the whole world was just working against me. And some nights I wouldn't even be able to go to sleep because I had so much anxiety. I had all these thoughts spinning through my mind, worrying about my future. And everything really crashed for me when I was diagnosed with a thyroid disease. And now I felt like even my own physical body was attacking me. So my whole spirit just collapsed. And then I woke up one day and something finally started to resonate. I, I had this, something bigger gave me this message. And I don't know if it was God. I don't know if it was the universe. I don't know if it was just some kind of divine force. But I realized that this message that was coming through, it started as a whisper and then it grew and grew and grew and became a yell. And then it finally became a scream. And I realized that the message was actually my life's purpose. It was my mission and calling that would carry me throughout the rest of my life. And the message was to stop being invisible. So when I finally realized that, that it cost me more to hold back who I was than to remain silent, I came out of the closet and I showed up as my authentic self. I decided that I would no longer remain silent. And all of these new things started opening up for me in my life. Firstly, my thyroid healed. And, and doctors said that was a miracle. They said I would, it would be something I'd be dealing with my whole life. And, and I don't really think it was a miracle. I think it was a choice for me to show up as me. And I also began attracting more relationships in, into my life. And I found that I was, I was attracting this tribe of, tribe of inspiring and uplifting people who, who not just supported me as I am, but they fanned the flames to my vision. They encouraged me to be more of who I was, to grow my dreams and goals in bigger ways. 
And, and most importantly, I feel like I found the courage to share my voice and speak my truth and, and really have a life full of adventure and purpose. So finally, I began to feel truly unstoppable. And with all this unstoppable courage, I packed my bags when I graduated college. I moved to China, where I taught English for a couple years, traveled all around Asia, backpacked, had, had this amazing adventure. And from there, I began uh, to become a certified professional coach. I started a, a coaching business, which became a six-figure coaching practice. And from there, started training coaches all over the United States. Uh, and now, I, I absolutely love my life. And I, I get paid to do the one thing that caused me the shame, the most shame so much growing up, and that was sharing my voice. And it's incredible knowing that I'm not only inspiring other people, but I'm living my life's purpose. And the, the, the beautiful thing about it is it's not, it's not just me. I've had so many clients now who have recognized that they've had a calling or, or some kind of voice or whisper telling them that they're here for something big and they wanted to tap into that. And some of them have not only tapped into that, but they've been able to translate it into heart-centered businesses. And they're out there doing work that fulfills them, that changes lives because they've discovered how to find their voice and thrive. And that's why I put together Namaste this past year, because I look to the LGBTQ community and I see what space do we really have to thrive? And what I realized was there's so many LGBT people and I was one of them who felt like the only way to meet others was by going to a bar, was by going to a club, or is by swiping away on a dating app, just trying to find just the smallest degree of meaningful conversation, but feeling like you can't even get that. So instead of thinking of there's no, there's no community out there, I thought, what if instead of waiting for it, I create that community? And several thousand members later, here we are, not just having this massive community of namaste, uh, people from all over the world, but having a three-day summit where people attended, it just, I mean, it, it moved me to tears last night just seeing that what didn't exist before is now real. It's here and people have this space where they can truly be who they are without wearing a mask and thrive. Awesome. Okay. So much juiciness in that. <laughs> so much. <laughs> um, I want to go back to you. I mean, you said you're you're now doing what you're afraid to do as a kid, like you're using your voice, but also you were, it sounds like you spent so much of your life trying to be small, invisible, and then you go to China, yeah. someplace where you're going to stick out. A little bit. <laughs> and yes. then you used your voice in China to change some lives. Yeah. 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 China was, it was such a leap of faith and that was, that was also spiritual for me. Uh, and, and what I've learned about just spirituality in general is it's, it's not just limited to, okay, how long do I meditate a day or <laughs> how much yoga am I doing a week? Uh, those are just, those are just different activities that can be spiritual. And I've learned to believe that all of life is spiritual. Our relationship with money is spiritual. Our relationship with others, uh, our relationship to our work. It's, it's all about the way we connect to who we truly are and why we're here. So when I was graduating college, I, I had this big 
opportunity ahead to choose what's the next step. And I was given the option of nine to five corporate climbing the ladder. And I knew I could do it. I really knew in my bones that I was able to work up the ranks and make the six figure salary and have the structured schedule. And I know that's worked for a lot of people. And then I also had the choice to not do that and to do what felt more aligned with my values because I knew deep down that there was something more out there for me. I was called to be someone more. And my, ironically, I took one religion class in college and that one class, the professor forwarded an email to us at the end of the, the course about teaching English abroad. And I never, I was, I was thinking, what, is, what in the world is that? You get paid to teach English in China. And I started reading into it more and I felt this pounding in my heart as I was reading into it. And eventually I realized that pounding in my heart was the voice telling me, go do it. This is what you're here to do. And I remember the day where I was sitting across uh, from a, an interviewer who was offering me uh, a, a very stable, comfortable nine to five job. And he said, so we want you to join the team. Do you want to join? And in the back, I froze because in the back of my mind, I knew I can say yes to this right now and I could be really safe and I could also be really small because I knew that this is something that would be comfortable for me. Or I could not do that and I could risk it all and take the leap of faith and pack my bags and go to China. So with all of the courage I had, I rejected the, the, the offer for the nine to five job. And within a month later, I was packing my bags, leaving behind my friends, my family, who thought I was crazy, and moving into a country where I knew barely anything about the culture and starting this whole new adventure in my life. And it was scary. It was terrifying. It was full of lots of confusion and stress and frustration. But what I found was by doing what felt right rather than what felt safe, that's where I was able to open up to my truth and attract all these new possibilities for, for my life, for my spirituality, and for all the opportunities that came my way after that. Uh, and I, felt, I found that the people who are drawn to namaste are those who also have that, that, little, that little voice inside them that's telling them to uh, give their life the adventure it deserves because they're worth it. They're worth living a life full of fun, meaning, purpose, passion. So those are the people who start showing up at our events because they know that they are, they are here for something so much bigger. Again. Yeah. So much to dig into in that story. So I want to go back to, you said when you got to China, you yeah. knew it was like the first time you'd done something scary yeah. and it just felt right. you like you were in alignment. Was that the first time you'd ever experienced that? That was, that was probably, yes, one of, probably the first time like it truly sunk in. And when I arrived in China, it wasn't all just, okay, yay, I'm here and it's easy. No, I struggled big time when I arrived in China. The universe threw lots of challenges my way and, and really tested me, put my foot to the fire and said, are you really in this? Do you really want to live your truth? Do you really want to express what you're here for? Because I had lots of times where I could have went back home. Uh, and when I went to China and I showed up, I found myself in, in a bit of a, a horror story in a way. Uh, the program that I had originally signed up for, 
uh, was not quite the program I thought it would be. And I, when I showed up, I thought I would be working at the school and working like 10 hours a week and teaching English and I would have a nice apartment. It was actually all opposite. It was kind of like the, the carpet was ripped out from underneath me and the school ended up having all these new rules. They, they wanted me to work like twice as many hours. I wasn't allowed to leave their campus. I was going to teach extra subjects and, and I was going to be living not in a nice apartment, but in this wooden hut that was behind the school with bunk beds and flies and a squatting toilet that didn't work. And, and I, I was just like, wow, talk about, you know, taking a leap of faith and then getting it thrown back at, thrown back at you. But I realized this was a test. This, this is what I came here for. When you ask for something big, the universe is going to ask you, are you one foot in or are you two foot into two feet into this right now? And this was the test that I was given. So I realized in that moment that I was there to really demonstrate that I, this is a moment of faith for me, of really trusting in not what's out here, but what's in my heart, trusting in the choices I can make and knowing that whatever happens, I can't fail. Whatever, whatever uh, mountain I leap off of, the safety net will appear because I am my own safety net. I, I am my own rescue. I don't need to wait for it to show up because of a special circumstance or luck. I am that safety net for myself and I am resourceful enough to make anything I want happen. So taking the courage that I learned from that crazy experience, I, I developed the courage to actually leave that school and find another school in a foreign country, which was scary, just not knowing what's going to happen now. And by, by knowing that I have the power to create anything I want in life, uh, I found a new teaching opportunity in China. I never heard back from that school again, even though they, they had said they were going to find us. And it was kind of scary at times, just thinking that, you know, I had people in China looking for me. Never heard back from them and had the time of my life at this new school where I had a great time teaching hundreds of kids, uh, I met lots of Chinese friends, immersed myself in the culture, traveled all over the place, opened up my mind to just things I didn't even know were true. And, and walking away from that experience in China, just knowing that I am a creator. I'm an, I am a creator in my life. I make shit happen and, and I'm unstoppable. And that's a theme that's a theme that comes up in a lot of our events in Namaste is helping and supporting people connect to that voice. Because if we want to show up as conscious leaders, part of that journey is connecting with our, the creator inside us, connecting with our voice that says, you are unstoppable. and You can make things happen no matter what. And you don't need to let fear, doubt, or circumstance tell you that you can't do something because you can. Yes. I love that. So, so the first school, yeah. it sounds like what I call a like this, but not this moment. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's yeah. like, it introduces you to like this, but not this. And then you found <laughs> what the, this is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And yep. then, then you make your way to Namaste to creating Namaste. How'd yes. you come up with the idea for that? <laughs> well, well, so it was the word itself. A lot of people ask, well, how did you think of the word? I, I can't, I, I can't even take full credit because it felt like, I call it a divine download. Uh, I was, I was just thinking about, okay, LGBTQ meets spirituality. 
And what could be a word to, to resonate with that? And I was in the shower one day where I get most of my creative insights. I don't know if that happens for yes. you, but I found oh, that. when I'm in the shower, I, I wish I had this journal where I could just like write down all these notes without it getting destroyed. Anyway, I was in the shower and namaste. It just, the word appeared and then it kept appearing. And then I just said, wait, that actually makes perfect sense. But let me first see how it's going to land with the community. So I, I, made a, I made a post online about it and the, the group had a limit to about 50 members could join on the website that I had made the group on. And I was with a friend at lunch and she said, you got to make this group and just do it. And I said, really, are you sure? I don't know how it's going to land. People might think it's a joke. People might think that it's, it's uh, not really something serious. She said, just do it. And I did. And then we're having lunch. And by the end of lunch, I check my phone again and I get a notification saying your group is full and you need to upgrade to have more members join. So I said, okay, that's kind of crazy. So I upgraded the group and then all of these people started messaging me saying, finally, I found something that I've been looking for. I've been wanting to be around like-minded, passionate, mindful people where I could talk about spiritual concepts, where I can learn how to show up as my truest, fullest self where I don't have to feel like I need to wear a mask in order to fit in. And here we were with hundreds, and then it became thousands of people joining from all over the place. And that's what led to the creation of our first event that we did in Seattle. So in addition to the Namaste Summit, which is our biggest event that we do, and, and we're going to do another one later in the year, uh, we, we have smaller events in Seattle at a few other cities, uh, group meditations, group dinners, group yoga, just to, just to have a place where people can feel a part of this community because the doors are open for those who want this. And, and when we started doing that, people continue to show up saying, wow, I've been, I didn't, I thought that I needed something like this. And then after coming to this event, I realized I truly do. And, and community, I believe community is an essential piece of, of showing up in our, in our spiritual path. It's essential to have that community to not just, you know, learn what your purpose is, but to share your purpose with so they can inspire and ignite more energy and passion into your purpose. Because when we do that, we truly feel like we belong and we're welcome. Uh, so that's how things started to grow. And, and, and it was just like really surreal to see it all come to fruition last night. It was just this full 360 moment of it's just the beginning. Oh, so what's possible? Anything is possible at this point. Oh my goodness. It is. And that's the exciting part. Uh, anything's possible. What's, what's definitely possible is way more summits for people to attend and really dive deep, dive deep into their spiritual journey uh, dive deep into re revealing who they truly are, dive deep into having a lot of fun while also getting tons of support and self-care and love. Cause I find that, find that it's easy to, it's easy to fall into the Western idea that it's, you know, you got to do it by yourself and you got to prove yourself being that independent person and the trailblazer, the pioneer. It's easy to get caught into the whole doing it alone and it's more fun when you do it with other people. And I know that sounds, that kind of sounds inappropriate, <laughs> but it's true. So when you, when you do things with others, it's more fun. And when you have community to surround you, 
you you get more done. You 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 just have this way of of getting support because what I've learned is that the times in my life and my career, especially when I've asked for support, when I've showed up wanting to be uh, receiving support by others, those were the times when I had the most success. And I realized that it's, it's about loving myself enough to know that I can get the support I need and give myself the support I need to have the life I want because I deserve the best support I can possibly get. Uh, and at the summit, we dive into some, some exercises that uh, allow people to really feel and connect with how powerful it is to have support from others. So you just said, I deserve to have the support I need and want. Yeah. And yet when you were a kid, yep. you thought, I don't deserve that. Yep. I don't deserve to be seen. I don't deserve to be heard. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, it was the opposite. And I suffered. I suffered so much. I suffered for years and years and years. And suffering became a theme. And as an LGBTQ person, it's easy for suffering to feel like not just a theme, but an essential part of your life. And, and what I realized as I, as I continued to grow and, and, and I, I discovered coach training and I got my certification, but before I got my certification at the very last weekend of my coach training, I remember my trainer said, okay, let's just share insights from this experience. You spent nine months becoming a coach. What has this been like for you? And everyone raised their hand and said, this has been amazing. I had so many breakthroughs. It's been transformational. I can't wait. And I felt something different. So I raised my hand and I said, I don't know why, but I actually feel a sense of guilt right now. I feel like I shouldn't have received all this support because I think that I've kind of bypassed all of the suffering that I was supposed to go through in my life. I feel like life was supposed to be roadblock after roadblock after roadblock. And I, and I was supposed to fight for my success. I was supposed to like just climb up this mountain where the forces were pushing against me. I, was, I, was, I needed to fight to be happy. I needed to fight for love. And I feel like I cheated life in a way by, by receiving so much support. And, and, and I was the youngest one in the training. So I especially felt this guilt because I saw people who were in their you know, 40s and 50s and 60s and they were just getting this support now. And I thought, wow, I have, feel like I just cheated life. And I have these decades of life where I'm not going to deal with suffering that I was supposed to deal with. And then someone raised their hand and said, Frank, suffering is a choice. Suffering is a choice. And you chose to not suffer because you are allowing yourself to get the best support you possibly deserve. And when I heard that, it stuck with me and continues to stay with me. Whenever I'm faced with a big goal or a vision, I ask myself, how can I approach this allowing myself to not suffer? And I realized that that's a common theme among so many LGBTQ people. We have this lens that tells us you need to suffer to be happy. You need to suffer your way through life because you're different. And what I've realized is suffering is a choice. And when we allow it to be a choice, we, we realize we can blow it away and allow ourselves to instead receive support and grow in a much more graceful, loving way where suffering is no longer a part of that. Mm, I love that. What if we replace suffering with ease? 
Oh my God. Yes. I'm all about the ease. Just replace the suffering with ease. And, and we talk about that at some of our events and we dive really deep into it at the summit of just what life would be like when you really feel held and supported and nourished by, by a tribe of people that care about you. And by ourselves. Yeah. Like what if you really truly support yourself? Mm-hmm. And knowing that you're worth it. You're worth the best support you can possibly get. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, uh, I know we need to wrap this up soon. So I am going to ask you the question that I, I teased before we hit record. So Frank, what's the scariest thing you've ever done? Oh my gosh. Well, China was definitely one of the scariest leaps of faith that I'd ever done. Uh, just because it was so unknown, such a mystery. Uh, another scariest thing I've ever done was, uh, you know, it's like, it's funny when you ask that, cause I think of big goals and then I think of little moments of fear. Mm-hmm. And I, I think, yes, there's the big scary things like, like creating Namaste and not knowing how that was going to land and then seeing it grow and, and become so successful and then doing a summit that was, it was all filled with fear and, and it was also filled with passion the same was true for, for, for going to China. So I found that those scary moments are the moments where it's this, the fear and the, the fear running through our bones is aliveness running through our bones. And that's a sign you got to lean into it more. Yeah. Uh, and, and just from a, I don't know why this memory is just coming to me, but in a smaller scale, some of the scariest things I've done have um, been the times where I have said uh like a pro like this memory comes to mind maybe it's not one of the scariest things i've done but it's just i think it it just kind of goes along with what we're saying i had lived for a long time not really feeling like i had people like feeling like i had my people (laughs) and when i was this was when i was living in vancouver and it was called the no fun city (laughs) it's nickname and it's just got this this uh thing where it's hard for people to connect in the city. And I think this is true for pretty much any city. There's this idea that there's just, it's hard to really have true connection with people. And I spent a long time in the city not having connections. I lived into that limiting belief around the city. And uh, I realized that, okay, there are people out there who I can connect with. So let me look for one of those groups. And it was a gay men's, it was a gay men's running group. And they were meeting that day at a park in Vancouver. So I decided I'm going to show up and I'm, I'm just going to allow myself to connect. So I show up and I see that there were already about a dozen of the men standing in a circle. They were starting their introductions and I was standing kind of just at the entrance of the park. And I saw them from like a couple hundred feet away. And I felt this fear, this, I felt this scared feeling running through my body saying, I don't know about this. What if they reject me? What if they don't like me? Uh, what if, what if I just feel like I'm not a part of this group and I felt my, 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 my body actually started to turn away to go home. And I had a moment where I did, I turned back and I said, I'm going to go home. I just, this is too scary for me to do. And then a bigger voice came over me and said, instead of saying no to your fear, say yes to connection, say yes to connection. And I, and I let that sink into my soul and I realized that if I, if I continue to listen to my fears and I continue to listen to what scares me, 
then I'm going to continue to live into the same story I have where it's hard to find people out there or it's really connection is something that it's just for few people to find, or I need to be in the right city to have connection. What's, what's, what that's all a myth. What's true is as long as I say yes to connection, I will continue to attract joy, possibility, success, happiness, et cetera, into my life. So I said yes to connection. I walked up to the group. I introduced myself, even though my voice was probably kind of shaky. And by the end of the event, I had all these new friends in my life that I didn't have before. And it took me, it just took me years to say yes to connection living in Vancouver when I could have done it right when I arrived. So I think just some of the scariest moments in our life, they're not those big, big dreams and goals that we have. Sometimes it's just the little moments where it's about what if you said yes to connection and no to your fears. And I found that when I continuously do that, I find life to be more rewarding. I find that I'm, I'm opening up my spiritual awareness of who I am and I'm able to live a more deeply meaningful life because I'm connecting with people and I'm connecting to myself in more meaningful ways. Yes. You said that so well. And I've had so many, so many similar experiences as we were traveling across the country. Anytime I was training for triathlon as we traveled. So anytime I went to find a new pool, a new place to run, a new place to ride, tried to reach out to people if we were going to be there a long time. Yeah. Holy scary. Every single time. It's scary. It's, and, and we just don't realize it sometimes. Yeah. And, and, if, and just, yeah, when you say yes to those things, it's amazing what happens. Yeah. Can I offer a little gift to your listeners, by the way? Would that be yeah. okay? Yes, please. So I, I just have been like so inspired by this interview and I just love connecting with you. And I'm really appreciative, Kelsey, that you're allowing me to share my voice with your, with your audience. And uh, if you have any people listening right now who just want to learn more about Namaste, I, I would firstly invite them to check out our Facebook group. If you search Namaste on Facebook, you can join and just meet other mindful, passionate, just beautiful souls in our Namaste community from all over the world. And uh, I would also love to extend uh, a scholarship invitation to our upcoming Namaste Summit. So for any of your listeners wanting to attend the next three-day Namaste Summit, they can go to namaste.com and I would invite them to apply for scholarship. And I would, I would love to have them join us for a weekend of fun and transformation. That sounds amazing. Thank you so much for that generous offer. My pleasure. Thank you so much. This has been lovely. How much fun this has been to connect with you. And I love that your podcast is called uh, Find Your Awesome because I use that word a million times and I feel like I shouldn't be saying the word awesome so much. So I, in this podcast, I feel yeah. like I can say awesome as much as I yeah. want. <laughs> You're totally safe. How, other than those resources, how else can people find more about you? Yep. So they can, in addition to the Namaste Facebook group and namaste.com, uh, they can also, if they're living in uh, Seattle and if they're living in New York and the Bay Area and Phoenix uh, and, I, and Chicago, those are our current cities where we also have some smaller events. So if they search on meetup.com, you can find some local smaller events if you just want to get introduced to the Namaste community. Uh, the summit is also a way to get really introduced to the community. So we have people where that's the first event they come to and, and, and they really get to dive in and form deep connections. Uh, and also if uh, Namaste USA on Instagram, we're, we're gearing that up a bit more now. Uh, and those are the best ways to get in touch. If, if anyone has any questions, they can also email uh, my team 
at uh, the email is support at namaste.com if they want to just learn more about namaste and what we're creating. I love it. And I love how many times you just said namaste in the last like. <laughs> I know, and I'm wearing my namaste hat right it's now. It's perfect. <laughs> Thank Namaste you. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much, Frank. This has been just an amazing gift. Thank you. Thanks, Kelsey. Namaste. Namaste. Thank you so much for listening to the Find Your Awesome podcast. I'd like to invite you to head over to kelseyabbott.com to grab a series of short meditations. And please come join the Find Your Awesome group on Facebook. Also, if you enjoyed this episode, Please tell the world in whatever way feels good to you, and please leave a review on iTunes. Thank you so much for being part of this crazy adventure.